Welcome to another episode of the NPCs Discuss, where we talk about the video game industry, events, history, controversies, and more. On today's episode, one of the key selling points for the Xbox Series consoles and the PlayStation 5 was the ability to purchase a game once and play that title on both the new console and its last generation counterpart. With limited console supply, this allowed gamers to purchase a title and potentially allow for them to play it in its next-gen format without paying for another of the same game. With Sony's recent announcement that one of their exclusive titles would be requiring a repurchase or a purchase of a higher-tier version, we wonder if more titles are going that direction. This week, we talk about next-gen hidden costs. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. And we are back. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the NPCs Discuss, where we talk about the video game industry, events, history, controversies, and more. My name is Travis Sherman, and I, of course, am joined by Kyle Inman. Hey, Kyle. What's up? What is up, buddy? We actually have a topic this week to talk about here, especially because of everything that's going on in the news. And I guess uh, this was actually a, a good suggestion from you here for sure, because it does actually have a pretty big impact, especially if Sony has their way. Um, so do you want to go ahead and uh, talk about what's going on here then and kind of fill us in before we hop out or hop into uh, the meat of the discussion? So as it goes, um, PlayStation announced that Horizon Zero Dawn, or not Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, excuse me, uh, would, of course, be releasing on both consoles, but would also be releasing two different versions. And in order to get any sort of upgrade on Forbidden West to actually get uh, like a transition version from the PS4 to PS5, um, you would actually have to buy a, a specific higher tier version. And this is only something that we've seen so far from like EA pretty much. I mean, they they kind of did it with Spider-Man, but it was like I think $10 more and it was like, "Oh, well, you also get the other game or whatever." So Yep, and that was actually a big selling point for a lot of stuff, especially for a lot of those first-party titles that uh we've been seeing as exclusives on both consoles. So, let's kind of talk about the history of some of this and then we can kind of dive in a little bit more about into what's going on, uh, what we're seeing, at least in regards to both of the now current generation consoles and what could potentially be happening next. So, of course, for every gamer out there, um, I think Kyle and I can definitely attest to this. Uh, As the time has gone on, of course, there are games that end up getting released and re-released for all the different versions of things that you can end up playing them on. I know, of course, for myself here in my household... I've got at least what I feel like is 10 different versions of Minecraft roaming around here somewhere, whether it's the PC version, whether it's the console version for the Xbox One, whether it's the console version for the Series X, whether it's a mobile version, they're just everywhere. Uh, And I believe, Kyle, you can say the same thing, especially over the years with your love of like Devolver Digital Games, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for both of us, we could probably say Nintendo is probably one of the bigger offenders when it comes to repurchasing of games. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I I know that I I've repurchased Devolver games over and over, but even going onto my Switch, especially like when I got that, I was like, oh well, I I can get Enter the Gungeon now, I can get Hotline Miami now, and I can take it with me anywhere because I love those games, you know. Right. So, and that is a big thing too for a lot of these people who are rebuying games is because they like them. They mm-hmm. don't want to have to potentially go and spin up an old console to play one of these games. They'd much rather have it available on the console that's currently hooked up right now. Of course, mm-hmm. for for this generation anyway, of not necessarily just consoles, but for our generation, um, one of the big things, of course, is multi-taps where we can set up all the different consoles to be plugged in, of course, into the one television and be able to switch to whichever we want for our heart's content. Of course, there's emulation out there as well, too, that we're both very familiar with. And then ultimately, again, still per- repurchasing games as they come up. And that's been the mainstay for the industry for some time. 
now, of course, with our existing current-gen consoles, the Xbox Series line and the PlayStation 5 line, they marketed the ability to buy a game once and upgrade to that version of the game next for the next console that does come up, which if you bought a game for Xbox One, it was very likely that you could get a version for Xbox Series consoles without having to go and rebuy that exact game over again. PlayStation 5, the exact same way. Doesn't mean every title, but it does mean at least a good chunk of titles based on the information that was coming out before the consoles launched. So focusing on some of these numbers here, though, Kyle, I think we've got this list here put together from a couple different sources. And really, it's kind of shocking to exactly see how split and how diverse the two different console families are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I Especially how many of them support, you know, the, the, the upgrade to the better version of the game. But I, I think, you know, it, it also goes to speak to, to how Microsoft is trying to reach their audience as well. You know, it, it, it's not just that they're necessarily coming out with the title on, you know, both both versions of the console. And it's it's like similar to a PC where, you know, whatever your specs are, it's going to run better. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but some of the games that aren't making it to, you know, Xbox One are, are going to Game Pass and you can just stream them. You know, so it, they're they're trying to reach out that way. Whereas Sony Sony has it more closed off. I feel like, and they're they're closing it off even more. But to me, I one of the reasons that I I was like looking at it and I was looking looking at Hor- Horizon, you know, because um, I I've got a list of the versions and like so with just your standard version. It's like you get either the PS4 or PS5 version. With the special edition, it's either the PS4 or PS5 version. So it, it it's it's when you get to that collectors and the regalia, uh, or regala edition that yeah, and that that's for sure what it was called that you get the ability to actually upgrade, um, to those other versions, and it's like, well, I mean. They're they're completely closed off, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of talking myself in a circle here, but no, no. You're. It's interesting to think about, of course, like what the promises have been so far on what we could be seeing, mm-hmm. and and this is where it kind of gets interesting. That's why I was kind of talking about the diversity of things. And you're right that Microsoft has really approached this model of doing as much as they can and saying it's up to the developers to be able to make these things happen. And a lot of the developers have embraced it in a way that the number of titles that are coming out from them is just extraordinary to say the least Mm -hmm. compared to what we're seeing on the PlayStation front. So going to our list here, we've actually totaled it up and this list actually shows, and this is a combination of, of games that are uh, on the Xbox side. This is a combination of games that are coming soon in development or are currently available right now, uh, you are looking at a total of 308 games overall that either have smart delivery or some type of dual gen support. Dual gen support, of course, because you and I had to look this up, Kyle. Um, smart delivery being specifically it's buy once and it will work on or it will give you the version that works best for your console without limiting you to just that version. Uh, Dual Gen, on the other hand, means that they're going to be releasing two different versions of that game. So it's it's very interesting to actually see that that's what they're deciding to do. Yeah, but, and uh, yeah. as you're scrolling the list, like it, it almost seems like, oh, did I mess something up? Or? Nope, that was me. That was me. Oh. I did a little bit of filtering here on the spreadsheet. And what I got here actually, so I filtered down specifically by smart delivery. So smart delivery being the buy once, 
play the best version on the console you have at the time with support for uh, the other console later on. Um, uh-huh. That brings our list to 209 games on the series, uh, on the Xbox consoles that have um, smart delivery, whether they are coming soon, whether they're in development, or whether they're available now. 209 titles, Kyle. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And even out of that alone, I mean, coming soon, right now, we've got, what is that, 18? And for in development right now, we've got 12. So you think out of that, I mean, you're talking like, what, 100 and maybe about 180, 185 games that have smart delivery functionality right now, buy once, get both. I mean, that's a pretty impressive collection there. And that that really puts Microsoft in a good spot, especially when they can start working on getting more uh, more stock of the Series S and X. Well, and especially when the when the tech of the car, the 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 actual like video card or the processing unit in the system is utilizing you know tech that actually upgrades anyway, you know that it's already bridging that gap a little bit anyway, so. I don't know. It, it it's weird to me because it, it there the systems are closer to computers anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I and I I realize that the architecture for PlayStation has always been unique in some way or another. Um and they they really like their unique architecture and hardware and whatnot. And that's fine. But that doesn't mean there shouldn't be some sort of software emulation in there that doesn't, you know, you you can't buy the same game because the core code's going to be the same. You Developers don't write games three different times when, when they make them for systems necessarily. They might have to write sections of code three times over, you know, but some of the core code stays the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. It's a lot of it, of course, is going to be integration into the ecosystem that the game is going to be running on in the first place. You know how they connect up to the network, how achievements and trophies. Yeah, the hardware, of course, the hardware is basically the exact same between the two consoles Mm -hmm. uh, or between the two lines of consoles. The only difference, of course, though, is just how that was all architected and put together for their particular need. And then of course, how it interacts with the operating system. But that's, that's of course going to be anything you look at out there. Uh, So I filtered down the list further because we're talking about Xbox right now still. And so I'm looking at Mm -hmm. their dual gen titles and right now on their list, the total dual gen titles that they have, and this is a mix of now available coming soon and in development is 25. So that's 25 that they've got that have dual gen, which means that you're going to have to buy one version of the other. And a good chunk of those games actually are EA R-E-A. games. FIFA, Battlefield 2042, uh, FIFA 21, Madden NFL 21, like all the different versions there. And well, isn't that ironic? <laughs> even, even, uh, even 2K, of course, because we knew this was going to come down the line was the NBA 2K games. Um where we saw that was when they announced their prices. A, I, I want to say a major chunk, if not all of that list, is uh, a good chunk, like almost half of PlayStation's list, and you have to buy the two different versions unless you buy the... Um, now I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting what it's called again already. <laughs> What what PlayStation's name for it is? Yeah. Well, what you and I had talked about was what EA had called it was dual entitlement. Yeah. I guess so, we'll just we can call it that because I'm sure Sony's right. probably adopted it, but I haven't really seen any name out there well, compared to like Xbox's smart delivery. And like I said, that that was the whole thing that sparked it for me is Sony referred to the the upgraded versions, the the Regala edition and the collector's edition of horizon as the dual the the versions that offered you the dual entitlement okay so all of a sudden they've adopted this terminology that ea has been using for you know 
their their Madden line, their FIFA line, that if you want to get the dual entitlement, you have to buy the $120 version of the game, you know? Because why not, why not give you a game that really nothing nothing about the game changes as far as core code. It just runs different. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on the hardware. Yes. So it... And that's half of PlayStation's list, almost, is those EA games. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's kind of talk about Sony's numbers right now, though, compared to this. So again, as a reminder, because we got off a little bit and, there, go ahead. Uh, before before we get off on Sony's list, I, I do want to say I'm not trying to bash on Sony at all, because I, I, I do enjoy Sony games. Same here. But it, it's it's the fact that when you look at the list side by side, yeah, Microsoft has more whatever. I'm I'm looking directly at the fact of these games that require the dual entitlement or that you're getting the free upgrade on. Absolutely. And what what kind of path Sony is taking now that they've made that announcement with uh, Horizon. So, that being said, let's go ahead and uh, dive into that that Sony list. All right. Um, so, right now, again, as a reminder for our listeners, Microsoft's title count for games with smart delivery, and this is the mix of in-development coming soon and now available, is 209. PlayStation's total count of games is 50. 50. And that, right now, at least based on this information that we collected and what I'm seeing here is just interesting itself. But out of those 50 games, four of them, I think one, two, three, four of them are marked as having separate versions of the game right now. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can actually find that, uh, find that information again. But there it is. It's from happymag.tv. And I want to make sure that I've actually got this right here. Let me see. Where is it on here? Is it on here? No. Yep, there it is. Okay, so it's marked accidentally, so that actually needs it. So I take that back. Three titles on this list will have separate or have or will have separate versions of the game. Control Ultimate Edition is required. And Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, more so specifically for additional features that are related to the PlayStation 5, you need to get the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut to be able to have all of that. Otherwise, the base Ghost of Tsushima will do the step up. And then, of course, upcoming, like we talked about here at the beginning, was Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. But out of that whole list, 50 titles. 50. Yeah. What is going through Sony's head right now to, you know, to justify some of this? Is it that they don't want to put in the time to support some of this stuff? Is it that they don't want to, like, I don't know what to well, say here. And, you know, you look at the fact that uh, also games like Gran Turismo and the new God of War are being developed for for both consoles um but you know are are they going to have they they haven't actually announced upgrade versions or if they're you know, they're going to have you know in, any any smart delivery or entitlement you know dual entitlement type thing with those or if you'll have to buy separate versions so it is sony saying you know we scrambled saying that we're going to close close off the ps4 and we still want that audience but at the same time now that we've sold so many units of the ps5 we've proven that regardless of the fact that the units aren't necessarily on the shelf and available to get that we don't have to bridge that gap for those Mm -hmm. users anymore yeah that's absolutely a good point and i'd like i'd like to offer a quick note here before we carry on is that in that total game list of 308 from Microsoft for the Xbox 
a good chunk of those right now on this list, I'm going to go ahead and double check those here just to be sure. A good chunk of those games that are on here right now uh, are actually those that have the optimized for Xbox Series X and S support, which is currently 74, according to this, which means that those are titles that have been given bumps in their frame rate, bumps in support for 4K, uh, maybe some graphical changes here and there to kind of help improve the the quality. But though that was another thing I wanted to make sure to bring up mm-hmm. uh, based on our list here. So I apologize, of course, to the audience that uh, we didn't cover that part of it here, but there's your numbers though now. Anyway, so like you were saying about Sony being closed off, I think we're starting to see some sort of weird activity go on with Sony anyway in the first place. And I think the first part of it is the way that they're handling game development in-house right now. They shut down and reorged uh, a bunch of studios. Uh, now you've got PlayStation Studios kind of being the overall studio over everything. And then, of course, all the other studios underneath being the subsidiaries. So what I'm wondering is that a lot of this closed-off feeling coming from the way that they're actually responding to users and players uh, right now, that they're not actually putting out the the support for developers to, I don't know, to actually work to increase the quality of their games for the PlayStation 5. I mean, it's possible. Um, that, that That's really tough to say that, you know, they're shutting shutting off the developers from from that i mean it it is weird to when you look at like the the actual playstation logo and when when you think about when japan studios uh just dropped off that page with all the developers that was on 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 that you know white splash screen and it's like wow you know what what are they doing but to the same effect I I don't know if maybe that they're honing studios or if they're they're trying to uh just take take projects and be able to focus them in two separate directions so they they are able to to produce games for the PlayStation 4 audience or you know if if that's something that they feel they need. I I don't necessarily feel that it, it it's I mean, we're at a point, yeah, that there is still console shortage. Maybe we don't need to produce those games for those systems. Maybe they need to focus on, you know, if if they're going to have the PS4 version, it's got to have the free upgrade. But if they're not going to do a PS4 version, then don't bother with it, you know? That is a very so, good point. No, that like, is a very good point. There, there are certain games that I feel like they're not gonna run all that great on PS4. I mean, look at look at how um, Cyberpunk ran, and you know, even even now, if you pick it up on the PlayStation Store, it comes with warnings, and it still doesn't run the greatest on PlayStation. It run, it's running now on the PlayStation, but it doesn't run the greatest still. Um. I don't know. <laughs> it's no, you're you're absolutely right. Is that that's one problem that we have? Is uh, cyberpunk is really one of the biggest exceptions to a lot of this anyway, because that was just yeah. a disaster. And even to this day, because like you said, there's still the disclaimer there for the Xbox One and PlayStation Four versions that unless you're playing it on the Xbox One X or PlayStation Four Pro, you're probably not going to get the best experience anyway for that generation of consoles. But even I, so, I feel like if they're going to produce a PS4 version of a game, just produce a different game, you know? Like, uh, this is a, the, a poor example, but during the uh, Xbox to Xbox 360 transition, uh, with the n- reimagining, I guess, of Far Cry, um, they put out three different versions of Far Cry. They put out one that was on PC... That was totally different from the original, original Far Cry. They put out Far Cry Predator for um, 
Xbox and then Far Cry Predator Instinct for 360. And Instinct and Instinct Predator were almost two entirely different games. I mean, they had some similar levels and some of the same stuff, but if you played them, they dif- did differ. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that. So, I mean, it, it's almost like you look back on, on like the days of like NES and Super NES when, when they produced the same game, but it was literally two different games or even between the two different uh, competitors back then, Sega Genesis and uh, Super NES, you know, the Super NES version might be entirely different from the Sega Ge- Genesis version. That is also very true. I mean, especially like you look at like the Mortal Kombat editions that came out between the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Well, and that that's happened. That happened with Splinter Cell. Did it? PlayStation Two uh, was actually short levels. I want to say on Splinter Cell, original Splinter Cell. It, maybe it was Splinter Cell Two. Hmm, Chaos okay. Theory, I think maybe. Okay. Uh, for I, I want to say it was the first one though, but. If that's the case, like Gran Turismo, it's probably not going to run that great on PS4. Why not just produce a different Gran Turismo game for the PS4 if you want to actually satiate that audience or put out new content for a previous Gran Turismo game? You know, yeah, I'm not saying alienate your audience, but obviously they don't have the same service with uh, PlayStation now that Xbox has that they can they can bridge the gap for the previous gen consoles to just stream, you know, the, the current gen games. So what, why produce them at all or, right. or actually continue to offer it if they're going to, they already charge $10 more for a lot of games on the PlayStation. So, yeah. And that's actually a very good point there. I mean, let, let's kind of talk about that console availability part right now. It is still difficult to get your hands on a, a Series S, a Series X, or either version of the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. Is is this be is this something that's detrimental to owners of the existing or last generation of consoles because they, you know, they, they're gonna end up being stuck buying another version of the game. <coughs> well, and <coughs> you think about this too. Um, when I, when I say maybe you should just produce a different game and only produce that one version, like produce Gran Turismo, the new one only for PlayStation, uh, there was a switch shortage for a great deal of time when they first came out. Yes. Am I wrong? No, you're not. So, but you look at the Famitsu charts and every week for some reason, Mario Kart seven still on there. And that was a game that, you know, came out basically with the console almost i think didn't it uh i th- i think it was think a, so. I, I don't think it launched with it but i think it came out like a month later or something well they did a version i think for like the wii u and then they did a re-release of it that's right that that's actually right. worked for the switch but i think it had well no i don't even know if they had their online component figured out where they allowed sort of like cross play between the wii u and the switch i can't remember but that's that's neither here nor there but you are right, though, is that, yes, they did have that going for as long as they did. But we can't say the same for anything on the other two consoles. Right. But, I mean, if they put out a game for, you know, PlayStation 4, and it's the same game as on PlayStation 5, just with maybe slightly different graphics, they might actually hurt their sales long run, I feel like, because then, you know, they're they're getting PlayStation 4 players to play it, and maybe they're not getting the fidelity they want maybe they're not getting the game that they want because they're getting a broken game uh, or potentially a broken game like cyberpunk um that, that actually is a big problem to think about here especially because with all of the emphasis being put out there for development on playstation 5 titles more than anything i mean we do get playstation 4 titles being made still but maybe they're not by triple uh, a studios or the big devs that people know i mean i'm mm-hmm. not saying like every indie studio is making for the playstation 4 but you are right is that a lot of the emphasis is on making for the new console where does the line get drawn though where the fact that the supply hasn't caught up with the demand that you're overemphasizing putting your 
I guess, player base onto a console that they can't even get their hands on in the first place. And then if you can't get them on that, count, on that console, excuse me, do you, you know, how do you offer them that ability to, you know, continue to play the games that they want to play? Like, how do they, how are they going to be the ones to take advantage of being able to play the, the latest and greatest stuff if it ends up not making its way back to to the console that they're on right now? And that's not even just Sony. That's also on the Xbox side, too, because I guess it's really from the developer standpoint anyway, is like, do I want to support the last generation of console with this? Or do I want to put all my effort into developing for the newest generation? You know, that that's where it kind of comes in. And it's like, where do you kind of draw that line on playstating versus just going for straight up, like highest quality next gen, you know, and then completely missing out on a whole player base. But then again, I think you look at the games that, that are going to be coming out here soon with, and when I say soon, I, I want to say like two, three years down the line, with, with Unreal Engine 5, none of those are going to be able to play. And, I mean, we're already starting to see content for, for games that maybe even next year, you know. Uh, like, the one that just kind of struck me was uh, Wukong. Um, that one came out of nowhere, and it started out just a few months ago. They, they showed footage of what they had and it's changed a lot since that initial footage Mm -hmm. but it has it's also like it's gone through transformations but it's also gone through like fidelity upgrades as well and even just in small increments and it's phenomenal and i that that game is never gonna run on on consoles but it could come out here soon like i didn't think they would make that sort of progression that quick so I, and I could be wrong. Maybe it could, but uh, to the same effect, I, I think we're getting at a point, I, I guess what I'm trying to say with the tech, that you know maybe the developer doesn't want to put out those games on, on the previous gen consoles because they're not getting to see what the developer wanted them to see. They're not getting, they're not getting to see that the actual project that the developer put out, you know. Because let's face it, I mean, to to some developers, what they work on is art, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think where you end up running into a situation like that, like I think Wukong is one of probably like the a, like one of the better examples to actually talk about with this, because so far it hasn't really even been stated on what it's going to be coming out on in the first place. At least I don't think so. Nope. I mean, everything that they've shown off so far has dealt with NVIDIA technology. So, of course, obviously, Mm -hmm. how they're doing their rendering, how they're actually doing the gameplay stuff that they've shown off so far has been on NVIDIA hardware. We don't have a console with NVIDIA hardware in it. The only place that that exists is in a PC. So it seems more like that if it does come time for it to release and they do decide to release it on consoles, which I would assume they would, I think... If you actually watch the most recent video that they put up within the last couple of weeks, I think you actually see like face buttons come up for doing different actions yeah. in that. But but it didn't have any sort of like actual character to the face buttons, I don't think. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch it again. I can't really recall. But maybe that's just part of it though, too, is that because they're rendering it there and they're doing all the ray tracing stuff and whatnot too, and and a lot of the dynamics that are actually in the graphics of that game that they've shown off so mm-hmm. far that game is far enough from being released out that they're like, okay, well we can take our time to develop because we know that we don't have to release it yet. We can wait until there's more next gen hardware in people's hands and then we can deliver the game that we want. So you are right. I'm not saying that the developers need to go back and make Wukong into something that works for the PlayStation four or even this current generation of the PlayStation five or the Xbox one or the Xbox series S and X. They don't have to do that. They could wait till the next major hardware revision in the PlayStation five line and the Xbox series line. But even so with that, it's, it's, that's an option for them, but I'm looking more at like the titles that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. And the the way titles have been talked about and the way that they're emphasizing on those. I'm not necessarily talking about like crazy far off into the future things. I'm really right, more emphasizing right. like right now. Yeah, and, no, I, I, I get you. And I think I, where, I was just making an example of it, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. And I think where your point goes to, though, especially like we were talking about this, I think like 10 or 15 minutes ago, was that 
Sony doesn't have a digital distribution platform like Game Pass that is offering titles that we see on PlayStation 5 right now. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to do this cuz I don't want any of the clickety clack coming from my keyboard right now. I'm going to go and look at PlayStation Now uh and see what their catalog looks like. Yeah, well and that that's another thing is PlayStation has this this really cool service with the PlayStation Now, you know, offering classic PlayStation games and they have an actually pretty big library, you know. Um, and there, there, there's some unfortunate caveats with the fact you have to download most PS3 games, but, or no, you have to stream most PS3 games, I think it was, but there's a lot of games that you just download and play them. So it, it doesn't even necessarily work like game streaming. So there, there, there's something that's emulating there anyway, and they don't they don't really advertise the service like like Microsoft does. They they don't push the service and 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 say, "Hey, you know, this is how you can connect, you know, with your previous titles, you know, you you can play previous games." It's like, "Oh, we have PlayStation now." Mhm. Yeah, it's just more of like an afterthought for them. So, right now on PlayStation Now, they have 689 titles. And that's across the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4 from from those different console generations, okay? Mm -hmm. But the farthest that they go up, or excuse me, I don't even go PlayStation 1. They do PlayStation 2, 3, and 4. So if I go to PlayStation 4, they have 385 titles. From PlayStation 3, they have um, 417. And on PlayStation 2... They have only 41. So you're absolutely right. It's not like that they don't have titles to work with here and put something in. It's just that the way that they have PlayStation Now set up is that it really is an afterthought on this. I think that the actual adoption of PlayStation Now is not up there like we see with Xbox Game Pass. But one of made like one of the bigger differences I think we're gonna actually have to or that we have to mention here, you can get Game Pass Ultimate with Xbox Live. Game streaming, Game Pass, EA Play for 15 a month. Okay? Yeah. But for PlayStation Now, you got to get, or for PlayStation Now, that is a separate $10 a month subscription on top of subscribing to, um, subscribing to, uh, uh, PlayStation Plus and any of the other stuff that they have to, because I, I gotta say, just Sony's offering from, uh, online connectivity stuff just, eludes me a little bit i mean i know it's not as bad as like nintendo switch online but Mm -hmm. even so the fact though that like their games though for like playstation now like you even said it's just a catalog of them to go and download and they don't have anything for streaming purposes though at least in the sense where you pretty much ps3 games are the games that you you stream yeah and even so yeah because of the because of trying to emulate that type of uh that type of game because of the architecture i i can understand that part and it it it's not something that I I think really makes it that you know newsworthy that much because, well, it's not necessarily the greatest. It, it's not it's not the worst, but it's nothing to write home about. No, it's really not. It's it's because it's not directly offered as something like, hey, we're going to integrate this and bring it to you, and. For those customers who have a PlayStation 4, here's how you can play PlayStation 5 games without having a PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of those interesting situations that Microsoft has kind of got the leg up on right now, where they're now starting to get ready, especially for the holiday season, that if you don't have an Xbox Series X or Series S, you can stream those games for those consoles to your existing Xbox One hardware. And that right there is one of those big differentiators when it comes to it. And that's where it feels like Sony's kind of dropping the ball in some of this. I know we've, it it does really feel like we bash a lot on Sony here. I mean, for a few of the discussed episodes, we've, we've really kind of laid the hammer down with Sony, but I think for you and I both, I think I could speak for both of us on this is that we're just not sure what Sony's really trying to do anymore. It just seems like they're not, 
it just seems like Microsoft kind of got a leg up on them, even though they had the PlayStation Now service going for way longer than Game Pass has even existed. Well, and it's it's not even that, you know, PlayStation's had the pedigree, you know, that, that Microsoft doesn't have. PlayStation was around for, you know, a whole full generation to, you know, and a half uh, before before. Microsoft came along with the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So it, it it it's mind-boggling, I guess, but to the same effect, I like I I, I guess it kind of goes back to, you know, PlayStation having that particular architecture and whatnot, but even then, that doesn't necessarily apply anymore. So I feel like, you know, if you're already charging more for the games, you might as well offer because like I said, I don't I don't think Xbox is doing that, are they? Unless it's EA games. Cuz I know some EA games are 10 bucks more. It's mostly EA titles. I don't think I've actually seen an Xbox game like whether it's one directly from one of Microsoft Studios or another third-party studio that has been above the $60 mark, save for EA and 2K games. Mm-hmm. But that's more specifically so, the sports titles. Not not saying all of the stuff coming out of EA and 2K is $70, but the sports titles, those at yeah, least have been. and it, I don't know. That that's That's what bugs me is... You know, you're 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 gonna see games coming out on both consoles that you're gonna have to either buy one version or the other, and you don't get the free upgrade. That even though that the the internal architecture, I don't think is all that much different from the PS4 to PS5. No, and it still uses. It the, wouldn't be no, because, and it still uses the same AMD you know. architecture. It's basically using just like an older GPU anyway, but. It's more like computer hardware than it is, you know, custom built uh, in-house hardware like the cell processor and, and such. I don't know. I, I I almost feel like I'm soapboxing at this point. Um, I know it does for me as well, too. Yeah. Uh, so- just for, for Sony to kind of get get it together with with figuring out how they're dual entitlement and or what what was the other version of the that they called it the upgrade well at any rate i i i just wish they could get a handle on it and, i do and that's too. really what it comes down to uh, agreed agreed and i think if we really look at the future of games anyway right now is that there's going to be a point in time where the the dual entitlement or the smart delivery stuff is going to maybe not necessarily go away but obviously, of course, it being emphasized is going to probably start to dwindle because my guess is by the time the uh, console manufacturers have had the have had the penetration that they want for their existing for their for their current gen hardware for the PlayStation Five for the Series S and X, then obviously, of course, we're going to start to see some of that fade away, and we're probably going to end up seeing more re-releases and remakes and reboots of things than we are older titles being supported. I think the optimized stuff is going to stay around for whatever it is they do, but I don't know how much more is going to be coming from it as things go on. And then the same goes, of course, for smart delivery, because once the penetration changes where you have more Xbox Series X, S, whatever the next revision is going to be of hardware and such, you know, there may not be as many people playing on the Xbox One. So you're going to obviously change that model and not necessarily worry about doing a lot of... um, a lot of the smart delivery functionality or the dual gen functionality. You're not going to be worrying about that as much. Sony's going to end up being the same way. What's interesting though, is that it's how fast Sony is already taking to basically forcing that choice already. Now it's not saying that every game is that way, but it's the fact though, that they're effectively forcing that choice onto their player base to say, if you want the new version of this game, you have to buy the new version of this game. You cannot just get this version and expect us to give you an upgrade. 
even though we know you can't buy the new version of our console because we don't have enough stock for it to get to you. Microsoft, but on the other hand... their numbers show that they've outsold their competitor. So True, true. So that, I think that's what they're going off of. I mean, if, if that's what they're going off of, that's great. But I guess what needs to really be looked at is what what's the actual number of people who own a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 5 in the same household versus mm-hmm. those who own a PlayStation 4 and want to get a PlayStation 5? What's the actual player base difference on that right now? Because if you're going off of those who have a PlayStation 5 in their house right now versus those who don't, I mean, you are ignoring a large segment of your player base. This is what I was saying earlier. Microsoft is not doing that on this one, though. And the fact that they've continued to push for accessibility and functionality and the ability to play the game that you want to play effectively wherever now, you know, has kind of brought them into a, a very interesting spot compared to Sony, where Sony has the prestige. Sony has some of the better first party titles out there. Uh, some of the better exclusives, but they're not utilizing those exclusives to their fullest potential or even to their best potential as it relates to the player base. If they can figure out what they want to do and finally just communicate it to us instead of being, uh, I hate to say it, but it's like wishy-washy, then, you know, then things might maybe work out in one way or another. But I think this kind of like, oh, maybe we will, maybe we won't. It just doesn't help anybody. Yeah, the the whole waffling back and forth on, you know, well, we're we're going to turn off the PS4 entirely. And, oh, we're not turning off the PS4. And now we're going to put out uh, potentially maybe Ratchet and Clank, but definitely Gran Turismo and definitely God of War on the PS4 as well as the PS5. Like, it, it just why why backtrack why waffle make a decision um and stick with it and i don't know i i I feel like do something that is definitely going to empower your players because that that's where your money's going to come from anyway agreed absolutely agreed on that one and without players and earning that money who knows how long things are going to end up like sticking around for them, at least at the level that, you know, they're expecting it to be. That's that's well, going to be the Sony, real big they, takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can end on it like this, though, anyway, too, is that it's the fact it's like the Nintendo Switch has had a small hardware revision initially where they did some stuff with the processor and it affected battery life by, you know, with a little bit of an improvement, but nothing else really changed under the hood. And then now we've got the OLED edition coming out. And of course, we've had the Switch Lite. Can't forget mentioning that one. The Nintendo Switch has sold rather consistently and pretty much at the top since its release. And they haven't had to change anything on it, regardless of the number of people who are calling out saying, we'd like 4K support. We'd like a 1080p screen on the go. We would love Mm -hmm. to see a Legend of Zelda game in 4K on the Switch natively, you know? There is a lot of that that's being asked, but it hasn't stopped people from buying the Switch as it is now. Right. That's that's the big thing. And that shows that level of consistency, at least, that they're going on. And as we were kind of alluding to a little bit earlier anyway, is that Nintendo Switch Online is kind of its own hodgepodge of a situation anyway. But with Nintendo Switch Online, of course, you get a lot of uh, Nintendo classic Nintendo titles more than anything. You get, you mm-hmm. know, you get NES and SNES titles, not all of them but you get a, at least a decent library to play on the go. And of course, in the news, we're hearing about the potential for there being Game Boy and Game Boy Color games coming down the line as well. Yeah. And that that's a very big deal to actually see kind of coming uh, coming along as well. Because, God forbid Nintendo ever figures out what kind of value they're giving people. Yeah, if they ever can really like figure out their online I mean, platform and their models for things here. I, mean, they're even, I, I was going to give it that caveat. They, they kind of ruined that whole other side of it. But, uh, I mean, giving us the, 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 the Super NES and the NES and potentially the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. I mean, uh, that that's pretty cool. That That's a pretty good value, I think, for what you pay a year, you know. Yeah, but they've even experimented with like some streaming stuff, though, too, because of some of these 
triple A titles that the mm-hmm. that the console just can't support. But even so, it's like that's just that's very far few and in between for titles themselves. I think it's like what Control is one of them. Yeah. Um, was it one of the Resident Evil titles as well? Like, didn't they do that for uh, at least Japan, like Resident Evil two or three? I think so. I think it was Resident Evil 2. It was one of them. It was the most recent remake. So I'm not... Like, well, at least, be three. Well, right, but Nintendo's experimenting with it at least, and that's one thing, you know, but we're not... It's just interesting to see where Sony's at right now with a lot of this. And it, it, that's just one of those things that, you know, it's like Sony's got to really look at their back catalog and see what they want to do next. You know, they've got to look at that and see it's like, how are they going to uh, how are they going to put out PlayStation Now stuff? You know, how are they going to better integrate that? How are they going to handle streaming of things here? What are they going to do about their existing PS4 player va- player base? Excuse me. Uh, with what we've seen about shutdowns for the PS Vita and PlayStation 3 stores, which is kind of a given. Are we going to see PlayStation 4 get hit much sooner? Right. Yeah. So with that, I don't really know what else there is to talk about here on this topic. Excel at. Uh, this topic itself. Sorry, I'm having trouble speaking tonight. Um, I guess one of the big things to look at here is first off, uh, let, let's just close out by saying this. We're not trying to bash on Sony in any way, shape or form. They're the target on this one right now, though, because they are the ones who are basically forcing the change with their player base to say, we want you guys to pay extra for the next generation version of this game even though we're going to be releasing on the original and have the ability to give you the upgraded version of this game, even though you don't have access to a new console at this time, you are still stuck with your original one. And if you want the latest and greatest look, you're going to have to pay extra. Microsoft is not doing that right now. So with that, I mean, I don't think there's much else to talk about. No, I mean, that that's, that's pretty much wrapped it up in a nutshell with the whole conversation kind of comes down to absolutely absolutely so and 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 as of course we hop off of our soapboxes here with this one uh that is it for this week's npcs discuss if you are a person in the video game industry whether you are a developer whether you are a publisher whether you are someone who makes indie games it doesn't matter where you are in the video game industry even retail get a hold of us via our social media or even our email and let us know we might be bringing you on for one of our episodes of course our email is the npcs.business at gmail.com of course with that Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. You can catch this podcast, of course, and all of our other podcasts, both the NPCs discuss in our regular What Are You Playing episodes, as well as two years of a back catalog that we've got now of content on our home platform, Anchor.fm. If you have a podcast platform of your choice that you like to listen to all other podcasts on, we are supported on a litany of other platforms as well. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we are most likely there. Catch us, of course, on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, the NPCs podcast. Go and look for us there as well as being on YouTube. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this week's NPCs Discuss. We will catch you all next week. Bye-bye.